Welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here, as per usual, with Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin. Hello! Are you ready to continue our journey through playing every single episodic and non-episodic Telltale game released within their reign? And also Mitchell, this... I was born... <laughs> I was born ready. Uh, well... I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you were born, because otherwise I wouldn't have this wonderful show. I probably would never have started the show if I wasn't able to cajole you into also doing it. Uh, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about New Tales from the Borderlands, Episode 4, False Advertising. Of course, this is, again, not a Telltale game. This is a Gearbox game developed in the style of Telltale's Tales from the Borderlands. It was released in October of this year by Gearbox. And, uh, Dustin, where, where are we going with this story? You know what? You, you got me. It's a lot of me- meandering in this story. Uh, one, one thought I had, like, near the beginning of this episode. Yeah. And doubly so near the end of it was, I am so sick of every character. <laughs> just all of them yeah well you know there's some okay ones in there i don't think louis overstayed his welcome yet but like i, gu- I guess anu is like the best of them still but like the other characters are just so one note now Oct- octavio is just like the cartoonish buffoon who fucks up everything all these characters fuck up in this episode all of them are just so useless there is a character in this episode that we'll talk to when we get to, but I was, I'll say I was impressed with them. Oh, I'll, I'll say I was, I was made a, as if they were my child. I was made a little bit fatherly proud of them. <laughs> they made a good choice. Uh, they could have made a dumb choice. It was good. Uh, I'm excited to hear what that is. But also, you're you're right. The vast majority of the characters in this episode weren't that, and. Uh, I was not proud of them. I was I was fatherly disappointed. Yeah, how many uh, Fran as horny jokes are there in this episode? Uh, you know what? I lost count. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, because uh, I remember in, in episode two, which is really when they started with Fran as horny, because in episode one, I think the only taste of that you get is Fran can make like one comment on Octavio based on the poster on her wall. Right. And one comment about Reba. I don't I don't remember what she says, but Reba is designed almost for that explicit purpose. Yeah. Uh and just just in the way the character designer just took whatever flavor jug they liked the most and and just went for it. <laughs> they just <laughs> they 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 went without abandon. With with abandon. With abandon. Right. And, like, I think it's fine to have, like, being horny a lot be part of Fran's character, but they it's relentless. They beat you out. It's like you'd think that's mm-hmm. all her character is. And it's so annoying. All the characters are very annoying to me now. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. I'm sorry to start out so <laughs> negatively. I don't think I would say this episode is as bad as episode two. Yeah. But it just like all really started hitting me. I think since it's the second to last episode and we've seen most of what this game has to offer, it's just finally hitting me just how much I don't like it. Well, so this episode has like two they're not quite halves. It's like the first quarter to the last 
three quarters. It's, it's divided into two sections. Yeah. Uh, and the first section, I was worried we were back in episode two <laughs> status. Uh, right. The, the writing seemed suddenly worse. It, it, I've never experienced this with a video game. Even like on this podcast, in an episode uh, in an episodic format where it seems like this could happen the most, I've never experienced such a jump of like, okay, the the writing's going to be relatable and kind of human now. All of a sudden, like, oh, good, uh, and then it just immediately isn't. I, I've yeah. never seen a, a jump like that from one section of a thing to the next section. Um, but here, it's like almost every episode. There's there's parts that are not like going to win any awards necessarily but i'm i'm on board i'm relating to characters i'm empathizing yeah i care about what's happening and then all of a sudden they're like fran busting through the tunnel did you miss me and i oh, i want to throw something at my tv it's <laughs> it's very disappointing uh but but yeah so the first like chunk of this episode i was very nervous and then the 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 trailing chunk of this episode i felt got a lot better um but it didn't necessarily get so much better that it was great it, it just got better right it, it it got it did get better but i it's just it, it feels like you just know exactly where it's gonna be going like there's no surprise to it uh you know what something else i'll say mm -hmm. so this is jumping ahead a little bit uh but uh our our big main villain uh her name is Susan Coldwell, right? Susan Coldwell. It's... The president or chairwoman or whatever of TDR. Right. She is uh so boring. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, she's pretty arch in a way that's like um just the archetype of executive villain. Yeah. And not really a, a person. Yeah, because Handsome Jack was like, Handsome Jack was that, but Handsome Jack was that in a way that was uh, so silly that it it kind of felt, if not completely self aware, there there was some element of understanding that Handsome Jack is still a person, and for every three lies that he tells, there's a truth in there. And yeah, uh, Coldwell doesn't feel that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I know we kind of had some reservations with Handsome Jack at first, mm -hmm. but I remember him way more than Susan. Well, I anytime I fun. think about original Tales from the Borderlands, and then this, it is very hard for me to even put them together as the same universe. Yeah, um, totally agreed. Yeah, and part of it is just that it's on a different planet, so it's literally in a different world. But yeah. even then, just the, the, the kinds of characters that show up, um, how how beautiful Tales from the Borderlands ended up being, and how surprising that was for us, and um, just how each character developed. Like, remember Vasquez dying in episode three? That was surprising. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, nothing about this is surprising. <laughs> uh, well, it's well, surprising. Uh, yeah, in that I'll, I'll, there are I... things about this that surprised me. I I guess I I don't know I I do agree with you that it gets better but it, the later half is just so predictable and uninteresting that it's hard for me to praise it. Later half of this episode. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So I, I think maybe we're, we're sort of on the same page, even though I, I like the later half of this episode more than the first half. I, so. I do, too. Oh, okay. I, I, I do, too. But I just can't praise it that much. Sure. Uh, <laughs> should we talk about that tweet that I sent you? Remember the, the tweet that someone was tweeting at New Telltale? That was very mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do <laughs> <laughs> let's do it yeah so i was looking through uh by the way people out there if you ever get the impulse to let's say just off the top of my head uh tweet something at a video game developer that is unrelated to what they tweeted uh about wanting a thing just just maybe don't <laughs> it never yeah. looks good never looks good on you never never ever uh but Sometimes, if you read some of them, you can get a uh, an unfiltered mouth of babes version of what some people are thinking about the company. That is maybe valuable in a sense. Uh, on the 19th of December, about uh, 10 days ago as of this recording, and actually I shouldn't have even said that because this is going to go on way after we record it. Uh, That's true. <laughs> Some time ago, uh, someone tweeted at Telltale in a response to one of their tweets that had nothing to do with what they said. They asked, do you guys have the rights to make a Tales of the Borderlands sequel? And this is like months after New Tales came out. And someone replied to them, not Telltale themselves. Someone replied to them and said, bro, Gearbox literally made New Tales from the Borderlands like a month or two ago. Telltale didn't own any of the rights besides maybe Wolf Among Us. They just got the licensing from Gearbox, Skybound, Warner Brothers, Marvel, Mojang, etc. So there is a sequel by the people who own the IP. And then the question actor comes back and has a meme that just says, It was whack. So (laughs) (laughs) this person uh, was fully aware that new tales from the Borderlands happened. And then comes out and, and asks... they still ask this question. They come out and ask Telltales, do you have the right to make a Tales to the Borderlands <laughs> sequel? Because... It was whack. Only a couple months after New Tales came out, they're like, yeah, but that one was whack. That can't... That can't be the real one. <laughs> yeah, I like how they didn't even bring that up in the, in the question to begin with. Yeah. It was only when told about it. So, one, extremely mean, to the point where I, I feel bad bringing it up in a podcast about the game. Right. Um, I get it. I get it. I definitely get it. Uh, it feels it feels like when you want a new Banjo-Kazooie and it's about cars. It feels like any of those examples. Right. Uh, yeah, it feels like when you want a new Fable and it's a on-rails shooter for some reason. <laughs> That's... That's what it feels like. It, it, I I think that it would be fine if we had no expectations of like what it could be, right? And the yeah. the, the the good parts never shown through because there are great parts of this. Yeah, yeah. I like the city totally a lot. Uh, I like the 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 setting of of. Meridia on Promethea. I uh, the, Louis is a cool character. 
yeah, we had some good dialogue in that first episode. Yeah, the, uh, this game as a whole seems to be more okay doing like a bunch of weird, like mind trick kind of uh, storytelling devices, and those are cool to see. But like, yeah, man, it's it's pretty bogged down in itself. Yeah. Okay. Too bad, too bad. Well, it is what it is. Would you like to talk about the episode? I'd love to talk about the episode. Okay, so episode four, false advertising. Remember how we la- uh, left the last episode feeling pretty high on ourselves because we just won like a million dollars and, um, well, well, it, we left sort of in the middle of a of a cliffhanger with Anu stuck in a in a coffin. Right. Yeah, she had to break her way out. Yeah, it's it's an interesting kind of cliffhanger because the question was. Could Anu punch the wall of the coffin? Uh, okay, so the numbers are weird. <laughs> yeah. The, I Correct me if I'm wrong. I heard 4,000 in the last episode, but in this episode, now it's 5,000. I remember 5,000. Okay, maybe I made that up. Um, but, but yeah, her visor thing says you got to punch the wall 5,000 times exactly, and then it'll break. Um. And then she got to 2,000 last time. Yeah. And then in the beginning of this episode, she starts at 400. We're jumping all over the place. Yeah. Uh, So then she eventually gets to 5,000. It's a weird kind of cliffhanger because uh, a cliffhanger should be like, oh, how was Anu going to get to 5,000? And the the answer is uh, she just continues and gets there. Yeah, she just does. And it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. That's I I don't know if I buy that she could punch five thousand times in that short an amount of time. Um. Okay, how long do you think per punch? How many seconds? One, two seconds. Um. Well, she no doubt would have to like start slowing down from the pain, and it didn't seem like she was like going rapid fire punches, and it didn't. It really didn't seem like any time had passed. You know, the the keeper of the dead was still just there. Uh. Octavio and uh, Fran hadn't come back yet. Yeah, yeah. I it just don't add up. It, it just don't add up. I uh, I wonder if the punches, like if it, I'm I'm imagining myself in this situation. Which, by the way, last episode we talked about how it's directly cribbed from Kill Bill. Um, yeah, just worth bringing up again. Uh, <laughs> if I was in that situation, I knew it was five thousand. I would punch. And I would do, like, really light punches to get to 5,000, but obviously that wouldn't work. The the 5,000 number is predicated on me doing, um, like, equally ambitious punches every time. Yeah, full power punch. Full power punch. I guess that, yeah, that would be really hard to do 5,000 times. I don't know how many yeah, times I... I could even do it, it coffin or not. Yeah, 5,000 is a lot. Yeah, especially when, like, you can't really rear your arm back as far as you can go in a coffin. Yeah. I could maybe sort of buy if it was, like, 1,000. I thought you were going to say once. (laughs) I could do it once. once. (laughs) I I could maybe punch a coffin once. (laughs) Wouldn't do it twice. (laughs) I'd do it the one time and I'd be like, ooh, ow, that hurt. No more of that. Yeah, and oh, thank you. It, it's it's weird how this doesn't lead to any kind of like 
I so Tidior is coming to the morgue, right? To 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 pick right. her up because the keeper of the dead uh calls her in. Try, yeah. trying to get the bounty. And Anu Anu could have like not gotten out there in time, so she needed to stealth her way out or only punch when people weren't like around to hear it. Uh, right. It could have been some game like that, but like she just gets out and yeah, before before T uh even gets there. There's literally zero point for it to have been a thing where she has to punch five thousand times. Yeah. Um other than they really like their, their Kill Bill reference yeah. slash stolen idea. Yeah, and then once she breaks out of it, once she just like busts through the f- uh, front coffin door, uh, her hand is basically destroyed, but she uses her, their, uh, their famous healing gun to patch herself up. Yeah, I do like that they remembered that they had this. So yeah. it, it just... It, because sometimes it feels like they they don't use all of the tools that they've explained they have. Yeah. Uh, so it, I'm, I'm glad they did, but at the same time, it's completely like erased any stakes that this had added to the story. Kind of just felt like a bit of a wasted time. Man, new tales from the Borderlands erasing stakes. Perish the thought. Well, every episode such a different story. Uh, I, yeah. Which which is it's what so meandering. That is what episodic games can and should do with their format. So it, it's it's weird that it's coming out much stronger in this than in the one that was actually episodically released. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So at this point when she's out, she remembers she still needs a corpse. I would leave if it were up to me. <laughs> I would say, well, this is not the place to get it and go this anywhere else. This did not work else. out. Uh, but Anu's the opportunist that she is, which is, I guess, something about her now. Uh, she she decides it's time to get a corpse, and she looks around and sees the Keeper of the Dead. Her visor tells her the Keeper of the Dead could very quickly become a corpse. Um, right. That's a wild thing for your visor to do. <laughs> this person has the ability to just become a corpse did, if the right tools are used yeah did you so so then a, a fight with the keeper of the dead starts and you can end it with a knockout or by stabbing her and killing her right what did you do did you kill her i did not kill her i did not either just because i didn't like I gotta, the visor telling me to do it that was honestly the big thing for me don't tell me to do that maybe i'll do it on my own but not yeah. not because you said so <laughs> i want to be the one to make the choice yeah you know i just wanted to cling to some sort of character consistency yeah anu wouldn't do it yeah like anu doesn't strike me as the type to be a total mad scientist uh just kill whoever in the name of science she's very against killing well, yeah her introduction was releasing all the monkeys yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> that's a funny thing to to say and remember. <laughs> the very first scene is her letting all the monkeys go. That's a good way to endear you to a character. Kinda. That scene sucked for other reasons, but yeah, um, yeah. If it were Octavio or Fran, I I would probably have done it. But like, yeah, there, there's 
I'm not going to, I'm not just doing whatever I want to do all the time, regardless of context. I wonder, I wonder if people do play it that way. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure they do. I was talking to my friend last night about how it seems like this game is not interested in letting you choose what's the right path. It's more, uh, no, there's like right answers most of the time to what you do. Uh, luckily, there's not really one here. Um, well, what we've almost always seen in post Walking Dead season one Telltale games is in the episode five, we'll be thrown into a reckoning with our choices. Right. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if this is going to do that. We haven't played episode five yet, obviously, but, um, it, uh like the whole reckoning with kenny becoming a murderer reckoning with the station wagon guy in walking dead one uh the the trial of the uh the crooked man in wolf right. among us and and kind of like who shows up in tales of the borderland it was definitely the weakest in tales of the borderlands yeah uh, but it was still something yeah, it was something. It it was uh, it it was time for reflection. It was time to, like, okay, it's amount it's amounted to something. I feel like I'm gonna have a hard time believing whatever this game tries in its fifth episode. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I don't believe that they will do it hmm, at all. Uh, maybe not. I mean, I I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility, but. I don't know, just the way this story has played out and the way it just really feels so different every episode, uh, it's hard to really get a grasp on, like, is this all going to build up to something and reflect on our choices? The choices are so inconsequential, as is. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, like, I, for the last three episodes, I think, have had a very hard time coming up with a choice cut. Just Same. because... Uh, well, we sort of had this again. Or not again, but we had it before in Walking Dead Season 2. Where episodes like 2, 3, and 4 of that season, I remember having a very hard time feeling like my choices were doing anything. And by the episode 4 of that, we were very fed up, I remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, episode four is definitely the low point. It, it just—I I don't know if it did anything lower individually than the past couple episodes before it, but by that time we were like, okay, are these choices really doing this little? Yeah, and and then by the end, uh, we had Andrew on and we talked, we talked it out, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and and I. I I really do think that game did something very special. Season two did something very special with with choices that only appeared to be obvious after the fact, and that has put me in a very weird position where I'm just assuming all the time <laughs> that okay these these choices that seem bad they're actually good. I just don't know why yet because I've seen it before. <laughs> I've seen that happen. I guess we'll see. Yeah, maybe this this game will like really pull something out of its ass in the last episode. Uh, it has to. <laughs> I feel like it has to, uh, because like someone someone okayed this game. 
that's true yeah the, the, not not to be like it, it's so terrible because it's not uh i i imagine that if i were i, I mean this this already feels like a, a a very daggered compliment but uh if i were a lot younger i could imagine the the quippiness of these characters not sort of rubbing me the, the wrong way the same way right. it, it has now if i were uh in, in a place where i was just like fiending for more borderlands content if i were a longtime borderlands fan if i were any of these other factors i can imagine this going very well but as a game that uh is specifically made to be a spiritual successor to a game i really enjoyed uh-huh. i feel like it should still work for me and yeah it it just doesn't yeah same you know what something i'll give this it's it's like very faint praise uh but it's something i'll say about both the original tales and this one is i like that for an m-rated game they don't resort to having the characters swear all the time true it it comes up but uh yeah, like they swear from time to time, but it just feels like if if you're going to be so over the top and wacky and wild with it, it feels like something that would have some more F-bombs thrown in there. Are there uh, F-bombs? But it doesn't. I can't remember. I don't recall a single one from this or the original Tales. The original Tales, I, I think, no. Um, yeah. Although there was no problem just like disemboweling people's faces and stuff. Yeah, it's more about the violence. Uh which which is fine. It's just I I I applaud the restraint because it feels like something that would be very easy to do, especially in a lesser written product like New Tales from the Borderlands. I feel like someone dropped an f bomb, but I don't remember who it was. I don't I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Maybe I yeah, just forgot. Yeah, could Brock have said it? The gun, Brock. Maybe. <laughs> the gun you brock. remember brock <laughs> of course how could i forget could he have called someone a motherfucker <laughs> and held up his robot middle finger at them <laughs> uh foopy might have said a, a cuss word a few times but we wouldn't know i fuck it i hate Foopy. we'll <laughs> we'll get to that but boy okay so anu gets out of the situation she might kill the Keeper of the Dead and have a corpse or not. Who's to say? Not us. Who's to say? Because we, we, I guess, didn't kill her. Yeah. So you get out of that situation. Uh, there's a montage of Octavio meeting up with her and then, like, sort of uh, stealthing through the street and meeting up with Octavio's friends who I still wish were part of the story. They seem way cooler <laughs> than anything we're doing. Oh, yeah, that... <laughs> That confused me, too, because in episode two, it looked like they were captured, and then here they're just, like, fine, and there's no consequence, and they don't do anything. Yeah, they got out of it. They got out of it in in yeah. uh, the meantime. <laughs> we haven't seen Stapleface yeah, still. Man, episode one really set up a different story. Yeah, and you know what else I just remembered? In episode one, we had that... Uh, mechanic with octavio where he could call people yeah has that come up again once well he has he has used the phone a lot but uh like you don't you don't do it on the player's side it just happens i feel like i feel like octavio is the character you play as the least 
He doesn't really have that many yeah. exploration scenes. I feel like there was a planned exploration scene with Octavio in this episode because there would have been a great place to walk around, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, so the, I, I like the... Um, I, I like the, the montage in this episode. I, I thought it was all right. Uh, apologizing for the fact that, yeah, Octavio's friends are just fine now. If if you if you leave that alone, I, I like the montage. Yeah. Uh, it's the song. Well, it's okay. I don't know which one's the band and which one's the song name because it's the operator, <laughs> Mother's Cake. It could go either way, honestly. My guess is the the musical act is mother's cake and the song is called the operator yeah i could see that yeah because there's I, a I different band that. called cake and this one's mothers Ooh, i love cake i love cake yeah i love uh you know how white i am that means i love cake yeah. short skirt and long jacket mm-hmm, we know mm-hmm. it um yeah uh, and that that song not sh- short skirt long jacket <laughs> uh but the operator and or mother's cake played during this uh time and it it was it was exciting and fun anyway they get back and uh octavio reveals the headquarters that he has bought how did you feel about this um i didn't get why anu well i guess i understood why anu was so upset are you it kidding it's a place that you've been yeah no, i i get it yeah but it it at least looks nicer <laughs> It's a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, no, I I don't I can't relate to your opinion here. <laughs> uh all the money they got in episode 3 that was supposed to go to start the business that I, you know, like if you're asking me to care, I get angry when when uh <laughs> things like this happen. Octavio has demonstrated not just that he's a bumbler. He's a bumbler. But he's uh, he's he might actually have a severe and serious learning disability. Um, he he's a cartoonish buffoon. He's like to yeah. to the point of annoyance. Like in, in in the first episode, he's clearly not book smart, but he's um, in like inching his way up to be streetwise. Yeah. And he's ambitious and he knows like when to hide when it's imp- important to hide or uh to stand up for the things he believes in. But he's he he can uh sort of guybrush three put it from time to time, bumble around a little bit. Right. But in this episode <laughs> he's Patrick Starr. Like he's just all the way all the way down to stupid town. He it it feels like every episode after episode one, they just up his stupidity more and more. It, to be fair, they're all pretty worthless in this episode. But at the beginning of the episode, I said, I'm just done with these characters. I'm so sick of them. This is a good reason why. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're dancing around saying it openly. Franz Frogert, the, the shop that they were in the whole time. Someone convinced Anu to buy it, even though they already had it. And now you just yeah. don't have money anymore. Yeah, at least it's, I, I do think at least it's all nice and fixed up and it's like an office, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> it, it's a little like an office, it still has the hole in the wall, that part didn't get fixed. That's true. Yeah, like, the the part they spent money on was, 
they put the floor tiles that were on the floor on the counters. Right. They are nice <laughs> counters, though, when you think about it. Well, it's the floor. They already had it. They already yeah. had the stuff. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's that. I think there's a fresh coat of paint or new wallpaper or something. And, yeah. and that's basically it. Basically, yeah. Uh, then Fran, we <laughs> yeah, Fran. never got the we never got the fun interviews we thought we were gonna do. Oh, I wanted those so much, but I kind of knew we weren't getting them. In my heart, yeah. I I knew it would make too much sense for each of the characters to split up for in in, in a three way split up thing, and and they each do their own job and come back and having having done a job. With some minor complications along the way. They they put their work together and they, they do something. It was way too much to ask for that to happen. Of course, it, it what was, was actually going to happen was nothing happened. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, so Octavio did not do the job. They didn't get a new headquarters. Um, Anu, in, at least in, in our games, I don't know if she actually can get the Keeper's corpse back if she kills the Keeper. But in our game, she didn't get a corpse and Fran hired um, basically Sephiroth. This guy looks <laughs> a lot like Sephiroth, shirtless Sephiroth, um, who just sort of grinds around and, and says the phrase free labor over and over again to yeah. emphasize that he's not getting paid for this. Right. So all of them fucked up and failed. All of them fucked up and failed, but I would say Anu did do it like did make an attempt for real yeah and, and paid for it in a way that the others did not uh and because everyone is saying Ani, why are you yelling at me you also came back empty-handed and that felt that felt very unfair because like yeah you don't know what Ani has been through yeah you <laughs> and, and that kind of comes back as a recurring theme throughout this episode it happens again later of Ani talking to other people like they they really messed up and and uh, were bamboozled, but then they throw it back like, "Hey, Anu, you also did not succeed." And then Anu has you to were go, also bamboozled, oh, yeah. But this time, I think is completely unfair. Anu was making a real effort, and the other people genuinely fucked up. <laughs> yeah, they did as little effort as possible. Yeah, uh, like Anu got attacked by a, a crazy mortician lady and was tracked down by Tedior, uh, and was doing the hardest thing out of the three anyway to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's not fair to Anu, I'll say. What also You know what something I will say though? Oh sure. Oh yeah no no, no, no. you know what? It's not a fair point. I was gonna say in this world of <laughs> Okay in, I was gonna say in this world of Borderlands it might be uh not that hard to find a corpse, but I forgot they're not on Pandora right they're not on pandora but i i think your point stands because remember episode one the 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 psychos right the psychos are exactly what i was thinking of how hard would it be to find someone the psychos have killed or a psycho itself yeah you could find a corpse and somewhere in this world yeah i i would have assumed like out of every tool that the the story has offered us so far the answer to where is a corpse would be Oh, you should ask Stapleface. That yeah, that's what I would have assumed. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, it it turns out she just was fine off screen as well. Yeah, because uh <laughs> she was reborn as a not psycho. So 
yeah. you could ask her and she would uh she would be very professional about it <laughs> man i i wonder if these characters are gonna tie into this last episode they though. have to there's there's no they have way. to right yeah yeah there's no way it, yeah it feels like there has to be it, you gotta be building up to something mm-hmm. uh so t comes in because they didn't move and didn't find a secret place to be <laughs> They shoot Anu straight in the face and she dies. <laughs> Whoops. Not a joke, listener at home, if you haven't played this game. <laughs> they shoot Anu straight in the face and she immediately dies. Yeah, Brock the talking gun comes back and uh, shoots Anu in the face. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a bit of a shootout and, and Fran charges at her, them with her uh, death hover wheelchair thing that has all the gadgets that kill people. All them fancy crazy gadgets. Yeah, by the way, it's revealed later in this episode that Fran has had this wheelchair since she was very young. Per- perhaps since she, like, was born, she might have been born in a paralyzed position and just right. had this chair forever. Why did she have this chair? Who made uh, this for her? And why did why does she get the power of this, this hover chair? Maybe one of her parents made it. Maybe they were, like, scientists or something. This... This could be a story worth exploring, but uh hmm. Yeah, they, they don't they don't explore that aspect of the story. They Right. Um well they've they've made a lot of points throughout this story to not um not make Fran's paralysis the point of her character. Right. Which is which is good and cool. Uh yeah, her the point of her character is that she's uh, very angry and very horny. Yeah, she's that, that's all it is. <laughs> that's all she is. And then also she feels like, and this comes up sometimes, but maybe not all the time. She feels like other people, especially people that she grew up with who have become more successful, are judging her as being less than. That culminating yeah. in her uh, her talk with Susan Coldwell. It sucks. I feel like there's potential in these characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, when you describe Fran like that, she feels like a very uh, human character that would be interesting to follow around. But uh, then she's just making them jokes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really, the only, like, joke or comment on her paralysis at all that I can even remember is... In the first episode, when the TDR people charge in and say, on your knees. And she goes, no. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, and that was a good joke. But, like, that was that, that was it. And, and I think that yeah. amount of restraint is cool and also surprising, given what kind of game this is. Yeah, totally agree. Man, we, we keep bringing up that first episode. But not only are the characters written better, but there's some, like, actually good jokes. I can't recall many other times where i actually laughed i don't think i laughed in this episode at all <sighs> yeah i don't i don't i laughed once i remember once ooh yeah it's later on though we'll get to it so okay so tdo shows up and then somewhere in the middle of it all they all die um yeah. the the fran and octavia win the fight they use the healing gun on on Anu's uh, dead body. She becomes the corpse to test on. 
And right. it turns out they can bring her back to life. Yeah, that's just something you can do. Yeah, uh, it, it it's a very powerful gun. Device, as yeah. Arthur says. It's a device, not a gun. Uh, guns are devices, though. That's true. <laughs> all all guns are devices, but not all devices are guns. Most things are devices. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Device is not a very specific word. It's like a thingamajig. Yeah. So, the place is shot down. Uh, their, their free labor Sephiroth intern doesn't do much. Oh, by the way, there's a there's like a... A very quick intro to him where you get to play a uh, like a DDR mini game where the arrows come up and, and you have to match them. Right. At, and he just like sort of humps around and that's that's his deal. Uh, I guess it, it was a cute enough scene. Yeah, I got an achievement I, for. Uh, I did too. <laughs> perfect. Getting a perfect yeah, score. A, a perfect score in the <laughs> in the free labor humpy mini game. <laughs> so everyone agrees uh, of the three people they all agree that he's really hot and uh is they're excited for him to be here right yeah anu pretends to not want the him 20... but then she it, wants right. him it, it reminds me of the 2016 ghostbusters movie that's basically exactly the same uh is that with the uh the, the hemsworth character yeah yeah like he he doesn't just say the one phrase, but he, it's the same where, you know, it's a a very dumb guy is uh, given a job, and all of the ladies are uh, excited to have him there. Mm-hmm. If, if he said free labor over and over again, it would be almost exactly the same. Almost exactly. Um. So they call up their angel investor once Anu is alive again. And, and by the way, she becomes more possessed throughout this episode. Just a thing. Just right. something that happens. Like, once they revive her, uh, this uh, demon voice is just here for the longest it's been. Yeah. So the angel investor um, eventually says, you know what? You, you, got, you all can shack up in my hacienda. Hacienda. Which is a, a fun word they continue to say a lot throughout the episode. That's very fun. Just means house. It just means house. <laughs> it's a fun way to say house. Yeah. Um, but he's got a very large... Uh, or she has a... They, they use the, the pronoun she on the angel investor, which um, I don't know if they ever like get from Finnegan W. whatever his name was. Right. Uh, but they, they just know to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. I thought it sounded like Jack McBrayer. You did think that, and I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that this was a female over the phone. Uh, yeah. I mean, women can sound like anything, Dustin. Yeah. No, I know it's true, but it's weird for them to just know. That, that's true. I, I think that in in some in some way of trying to be inclusive and progressive, uh, in the storytelling, which they do succeed in in other ways. Uh, the sort of important bit of being corrected or having to ask for pronoun information is ignored, which is slightly unrealistic. Yeah. Um, right. But still, yes. Uh, so they, the angel investor's house is is large and sci-fi and, and crazy. 
And uh, at, at one point, for each of the, the four characters, it's the three main ones and also Louis is here. Because and also Louis is here. What's what's the Fergus? Fer- <laughs> Sephiroth's name is Fergus. Yeah, free labor Fergus. Uh, so free labor Fergus. Fergus just mans the shop, and then the the other four show up, and each of them is invited to a a, a <laughs> just a, it it says like a they say a room where you can just wait for a party that's going to happen later, but it's it's obviously more un- unbelievable and, and wild than just a simple room right uh the amount of like you can have all the money in the world the amount of time that's required to make something like this happen still unbelievable <laughs> yeah there, there's a there's there's a, a a like a trope in this kind of fiction of just showing, oh, this person is this rich, so they can make anything happen. And like, yeah, true, but time is still a thing. And like craftsmanship, <laughs> who's who set this up? There's like right. an amazing interior decorator that someone knows in Borderlands uh, that that set these things up. Where's the logic? Yeah, so they invite Louis. <laughs> this is funny, kind of. Uh, I didn't laugh, but th- I'm laughing now. Just thinking about it. <laughs> They invited Louie to plug into the wall and exchange data packets with rogue AI <laughs> that they have in the wall, uh, which is, I guess, sex and prostitutes. Basically. I guess. I guess so. Yeah, just go ahead, Louie. Speaking of Louie, uh, so you remember how you seemed so sure that Louie was going to have to kill Anu? Yeah, it didn't, didn't happen. There's a throwaway line that's real fast, but I made sure to write it down, mm-hmm. where uh, Louis says, uh, your bounty is misspelled, I won't murder you. Yeah, because her name's Honorata, and yeah. the bounty says, like, Honoranda or something. Yeah, so, well, I guess that takes care of that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Wow. Wow, this game. <laughs> uh, see, that was a surprise. You said there were no surprises. That was a surprise to me that they didn't pick up the thing that they put on the ground for themselves to pick up. Oh, yeah. I, I just mean, like, the rest of this episode is not a surprise. You can see, like, basically exactly where it's going. So the room that they have octavia wait in is suddenly just a full bar full of people which just exists in this house and uh octavia was just willing to believe it uh and and i didn't quite understand what was happening until we saw the next one of these so for now i was just sort of taking it at face value ish yeah cuz it doesn't seem too outlandish to just have a party yeah there's a party in the back of your party sometimes rich people yeah, have exactly. two parties who's to say that so- can happen and multiple VIP rooms. Yeah, maybe the back side of this house has the facade of a bar, so people can come in through the back. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so it, it's a very fun bar, and Anu runs into. Uh, I wrote the name down. Bivington Bradwick. Yeah. Good. What a name. Yeah, good name. Uh, Bivington. Uh, Bradwick is one of Forge's Dirty 30, which is like Forbes 30 under 30, yeah. uh, which is what Octavio's all about. He wants to be part of that 
uh, business scene, and he just gets seduced by Bivington, and he gets to head to the VIP room where the Dirty 30 hang out. Right, right. And then he gets to go to the VVIP room, which is weirder, and has people are just in masks, and like it's it's only some of the Dirty 30 are allowed in there. But Octavio, of <laughs> course, is. Yeah, of course. Uh, what did you ask for when he asked what uh, you would want to eat and or drink? Tacos. I also did tacos. Yeah, I would say that's his thing. That's his thing. He's all about the tacos. Taco Tuesday, am I right? Yeah, I would probably want um, maybe uh, like a margarita would be good. But I know that he's all into tacos. Not going to take that away from him. I know you're all about the tacos, Octavio. I, I, I don't get to play as you often, so I'm going to give you what you want. <laughs> that, that That is exactly how I felt. I, I don't get to, <laughs> to like be the character that Octavio is any more than just like Patrick Star level of conveniently dumb. Yeah. Uh, so if your thing is tacos, let's let's do it. Uh, let's taco it up buttercup but so so that's like a luge that luges any food which by the way is any luge that's not special yeah you can just put any food a luge is just a slide you can put any food at the top it goes down yeah any food. it can be a luge for anything uh-huh but they talk about it like oh vips get the luge like okay ooh, ooh, ooh. not not special bivington but octavio doesn't <laughs> feel that way he's never seen a, a luge <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair i i guess any luge is exciting for it. he's not gonna bring up the logic of the luge well well let, let's i maybe let's return it to our world have you had anything from a luge in your life i don't think i've ever seen a luge that you know what it seems it seems cheap and easy <laughs> to just do a slide <laughs> of food or drink but you i think i've seen it i've seen a luge once and it was exciting. <laughs> so, yeah, fair <laughs> said, enough. Oh, fair neat. enough. <laughs> wow. Yeah, why don't we have more luges? We should have more luges out there. Have a little more fun with our lives. Yeah. If I'm going to McDonald's, I'm going to get a disease. I know that already. Just let me Give put me the, the Big Mac luge, please. Put the fries on a slide. Let it slide on down. <laughs> Bring out the McNugget slide. Oh, the McNuggets are that's a great luge candidate. Yeah, that they would fit so easily. <laughs> yeah, the Big Mac you'd have to slice it up, and at that point, what are you even doing? Yeah, what are you that's even doing? More work into it. And I imagine like you put it on the slide and then the bread falls off and then like it, it doesn't even stay together as it goes down. It all comes apart. Ah, oh, this is a shit show. The lettuce like catches on the side of the slide. D yeah, this sucks. This was a bad idea. Yeah, I'm sad that you made me think about it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but in the, the VVIP room, they have the Belcher. <laughs> which is like a weird dragon-looking thing. Uh, a sta statue of some sort that's just emitting a belch. And uh, it's maybe hallucinogenic. Right. I don't know. It, it's definitely some sort of drug or something. Yeah, you're supposed to it's smell. It's for good times. Well, it, it's some sort of drug, but like they don't show that Octavio has. It doesn't seem like he's drugged, right? 
So maybe it's just a weird smell. Yeah, maybe it's just a smell you like. Yeah, and Bivington, <laughs> Bivington says some bullshit of like, only 11 people have ever whiffed the belcher. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of, a, not to get too off topic, but this is 100% off topic. Uh, right. Freshman year of college, we had these uh, bunk beds that were like facing each other and each of our dorm rooms had three people in it and it was way too small for three people but that's besides the point the top beds of these two bunk beds uh were probably about seven feet in the air and they were close enough that you could take the ladder off the side that was supposed to lead up to the bed and put it between the beds if you were feeling like that would be a fun thing to do for some reason, uh, like a bridge. Like, like, I okay. Can you imagine this in your head? Oh, I'm. I can picture it perfectly. Great. Uh, so, some for some reason, someone did that, and it was just like a fun thing to try to like crawl across or something. And I remember <laughs> a, a, a roommate of mine had some. Uh, call it or high school friends visit from their hometown and they right. saw this thing and they they immediately independently had the idea to put the ladder between the two beds and then they just kept calling people in the room just saying no one's made it all the way across which was <laughs> no one's ever made it all the way which is just complete Will you be the first they just immediately turned it into some pretend mythos <laughs> i love that i'm more invested in that than this episode (laughs) yeah and it's obviously someone's made it all it's not hard (laughs) you just (laughs) if you just crawl you're only like seven feet above the ground it's easy it's maybe three feet to to crawl shit no one's made it across this must be one crazy bridge (laughs) yeah it (laughs) uh that just reminds me of bivington say like yeah only 11 people have ever smelled it (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's like clearly it can't be true there's no way <laughs> there, there's like almost 11 people in the room at the time and they're the only ones to have smelt it ever <laughs> um but yeah eventually so he goes from the the main club to the vip room to the vvip room with a weird belcher and everyone's wearing masks and it's like a weird sort of eyes wide shut sexual secret thing. It's uh, a weird thing. Yeah, just a weird thing. And then they Octavio is invited to the VVVIP room, which is just a cage. And so he's in a cage. They caged him. He's, yeah. It was a trap. It was a trap the whole it's time. A, it's very exclusive. Yeah, it might not have even been Bivington. Yeah, now that I think about it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I for our listeners, I caught a cold. Uh, but now that I think about it, there might not actually be a VV VIP room. Yeah. The, well, what's weird is that the VVIP room seems real. <laughs> yeah. For other people, like this is still a working bar. There were yeah, so many it, people it, here that didn't have to be actors just in the background drinking drinks and having a good time 
Yeah, I mean, were they? At, is this just a party, or are they all just to sell the scene? Yeah, great question. Have you seen the rehearsal? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, I've seen a little bit of it. The plan: we <laughs> set up a bar with three VVVIP rooms in order to. <laughs> yeah, this feels a lot like a Nathan Fielder <laughs> trick. That's true. <laughs> uh, man, that show's great. It, it's pretty good. When season two of that show comes out, I'm going to smoke that. I'm going to smoke that shit right up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Anu's thing is sort of just... It, they're all designed around their base, most perfect desires that um, the angel investor really couldn't have known, but somehow they do. They're, they're omniscient yeah. in, in this way of just knowing the exact thing that really speak to their their hearts. Yeah, don't worry about it. Who cares? So Anu gets a lab full of her own staff um, and her own resources. And uh, there's a vault lander in there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of vault landers. We talked about it last time. But yeah, this is when... Uh, boy, was there like five in this episode? Uh, well, there were, I think there were four, um, and I, I wrote down at the end, I counted, there are seven Vault Landers remaining for the last episode. Seven. That is a, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. There might be a gauntlet of, like, turn, a tournament near the end where you get a lot at once. I guess that might be interesting. It could also be another, like, four, maybe, and then three are for, uh. Things that you do in the, like, the top menu. Yeah. Maybe you get rewards for playing Vault Landers on your own. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, So Anu keeps doing things in this lab, and uh, they're they're feeding her ego and saying, we're going to name equations after you, and anytime she figures something out, everyone claps really hard. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And anytime she tells a joke, they all laugh, even if the joke is very... uh, not funny and yeah like the game yeah yeah i'm sorry you're 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 a little feisty today we're doing it earlier in the morning than we normally do and i think that uh i'm I'm seeing early morning dustin a bit more bite on this guy a little more bite a little more pizzazz to me yeah it's a little more verve yeah i said it earlier i don't even think i dislike this episode as much as two it's just all all of the worst qualities have just been building up so much that I'm losing my patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they eventually invite Anu to the observation room, which is another cage. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so Anu gets caged up as well. Yeah. So we have two caged up peeps. So. Oh, yeah. Don't cross the streams. It is what it said for fixing the machine. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Anu learned how to read runes from like the, yeah. the ancient, uh, the people that made the vaults. She she learned how to read them. And then what it said is don't cross the streams. Yeah. Literally, my only note for this whole Anu section is uh, don't cross the streams. Give me a fucking break. Um, also, during the Anu section... They, they, they say that the there's a machine that needs to run at 218 degrees below Kelvin, and I wrote, "Come on!" Obviously, <laughs> the point of measuring K 
Kelvin temperature is that there is no below because zero in Kelvin is absolute zero and the complete absence of any thermal, ener uh, thermal energy. So you're saying 218 degrees below Kelvin? Uh, that's impossible, game. Thanks for trying. Yeah, like, that seems like something you could uh, plausibly have in a fake scenario like this, but... I feel like someone like Anu would realize that. Yeah. But maybe she's just so caught up in the fantasy, she just doesn't even care. Well, absolute zero Kelvin is around negative 218 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So that was... That's just something I was talking about literally earlier that day I was playing. So wow. It, it just... It lined up for me to see through the bullshit. They... <laughs> They knew the perfect way to piss you off. Yeah, they they really threaded the needle and uh, <laughs> just get me there. Okay. Perfect. So Fran's one is different. Sort of. Yeah. Well, it, the the attempt is the same. The result is different. Um. Right. They kind the the attempt is kind of the same, not like entirely. It definitely feels different from the other two. Yeah, so Fran opens the door to her special room, and it's like a perfect recreation of Franz Frogert before the hole in the wall and the, the, the laser damage and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So it, it, it it's like a perfect place. She comes in, and Reba from that first episode is there, and you know how I like her. Right, right, right. Well, is it Reba or is it a different character? Because I think it said Rita. No, this is Reba. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's. I, it's. I'm pretty sure it's the same character. Although she does talk a lot about how she has a lot of similarly named sisters. Um, yeah. So, because I, I, I have it written down, Rita. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I do too. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I, I did write that. I uh, So Octavio bought it from one of the other ones. Octavio bought yeah. the, the Froger shop. He says it, it, it a different Fofolia. Um, I don't remember which one he says, but it was like Ruth or something. Uh, There's just a whole uh, species of these. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, a phylum of Fofolias. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And some good alliteration, me. Thanks, me. Good job. Uh, yeah, I was proud of it. So Fran goes into Franz Frogert's with the phylum of Fulfolias. Damn. Cool. <laughs> how how are you just killing it so hard? This I episode? don't know, man. I, I'm, I feel like I'm bringing some big butt energy into this podcast. You gotta be proud. I'm, <laughs> I'm glowing. <laughs> uh, whichever Fulfolia this is, I guess Rita... Uh, explains that they want to turn Franz Frogerts into a franchise. Yeah. that but I could have said that one, too. I could have added that word. I guess we all have room to grow. He didn't stick the landing, but I guess most of, most of your performance was pretty good. So as you're looking around, you find that uh, the ideal idea for the franchise is it's Franz Frogert. But it also has Foopy in it. And, and Foopy is an anthropomorphic mascot of a yogurt cup. Um, and, and Foopy's just everywhere. It's like Fran and Foopy. They're, they've always been best friends. 
Right. Um, How do you feel about Foopy? I, I like Foopy. I I wanted to like Foopy. In my notes, I the first thing I wrote down was Foopy with an exclamation mark. <laughs> and then my very next note is I hate Foopy. <laughs> I, um, one of my notes here is it reads Rita's back and Foopy with, with two uh, exclamation Foopy. marks. Uh, you were very excited about it. Yeah, no, I and I kept it. I liked Foopy. I liked Foopy this whole time. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad. I'm I'm happy for you that you like Foopy. So I I guess the psychological trick here to match up with the other two that they're trying on Fran is that um, Rita says, "Hey, why don't you make me a yogurt and we'll celebrate?" Uh, and it just becomes very difficult to make the yogurt. Yeah. Uh, like you try the, the, uh, the machine, the machine doesn't work. You try to, you need to go back to the, to the back rooms to get into the, uh, the, the, the process of why this would or wouldn't work. Uh, and then the, the door to the back room is, <laughs> I guess, guarded by a display of, that has Foopy on it. Uh, and Foopy just, <laughs> Foopy says, and I'll, I wrote it down. The maintenance door only foops to foopers with pure hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a this is a game mechanic. <laughs> All of a sudden, uh, you need to prove to Foopy that you have a pure heart by sharing something important to you. Right. Uh, and and I I wonder, I I wonder if this is like Octavio and Anu were easy to guess how they worked, so they just built the thing already for them. But maybe they didn't know Fran's deepest, darkest recesses of her mind, or whatever. Yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't get a good grasp on her because she, she never goes into why she doesn't use that mode anymore. Yeah, she hasn't. Although this would be like nationwide news, but yeah, <laughs> what happened? People would know. People would know about this somewhere. Like it, it can't be that secret. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so eventually. You, uh, <laughs> for for some reason, looking around and, and talking to Foopy unlocks repressed memories. I don't know why that works. <laughs> uh, and Foopy's got some great quotes of uh, using the Smurf trick to just replace the word Smurf with anything in a sentence. Except that it, it like, changes parts of speech and stuff. Right. I didn't write them down after the maintenance door only foops to foopers with pure hearts. That one, that one's my favorite. Uh, that one's not bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like we are on two separate sides of the coin uh-huh. with this and Foopy, but that's that's why we both bring something to the table. Yeah, that you can't just talk to yourself for a whole podcast. You have to, you have to see other different opinions. Uh, so eventually you unlock Fran's repressed memory, which is um, the, the the birth of maybe her, her anger management issues, where there were some bullies on a field trip, which Fran ex- <laughs> explains. I This is the part I laughed at. Uh, when it's some bullies were on a field trip, or, or Fran was on a field trip, which is, as she says, a trip in which we went to go look at a field. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. <laughs> I'll yeah, I'll admit that's funny. it. <laughs> a trip to go look at a field. Mm-hmm. That's a that's what a field trip is. And I am not better than that joke. 
<laughs> I'll admit it in, in front yeah, of God I can and give everyone. him that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she found some bullies that were, like, bullying uh, a spider ant. And she got real mad. And her her chair went into full mecha mode. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote down, this is dumb. <laughs> but is it dumb in a good way or dumb in just, just a dumb. dumb way? Okay. It's just dumb. I I have a question for you. Do, you. do you think by the end, Fran will use mecha mode in the story? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's no way. Y- yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I would say that. But yeah, but you remember the stuff with Anu earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's so many threads that have been like almost purposefully dropped at this point that I don't know. Who can say? Mm-hmm. Will uh, Will Louis ever have to fight a bounty? Yeah. Or like fight himself having to kill the bounty is what I mean. Yeah, I, I, he has to... It, that's another thing that feels like they've just been building up to it so much that something's gotta happen in the last episode. You know what? Something else I was thinking. I, I was thinking so earlier in the episode when Anu gets possessed by uh, the demon voice again. Uh, I was thinking to myself, uh, "It's too late for me to really care about who or what this is." <laughs> Yeah, they do explain it by the end. They don't leave it for the last episode. Yeah, which which is good, but by by the time they do it again at the beginning of this episode, where the demon voice is here and then leaves again, I'm just like, okay, I don't care anymore. So anyway, in Fran's memory, you gotta finish this up. Uh, she goes into mecha mode, does a super awesome attack of some sort, kills all the bullies basically instantly. Uh, yeah. And also the spider ant that she was trying to protect. Uh, their bodies already dead fly th- through the air into a, uh, a a giant canister of what she calls field oil, <laughs> and uh, she she then makes another joke that almost got a laugh out of me, but it was a little sweaty about how the oil the field should have already been oiled up, so she doesn't even know why there was field oil there. Right, <laughs> it should have already been fueled. <laughs> um so they fly into that sort of giant oil fire and then she throws a water tower or for me it was a water tower it's some water fixture um yeah i think i forget i was kind of drifting in and out you can choose what it is right you it's something with water but yeah, then that's I a bad I idea chose, because it's an oil i think fire. i yeah i think i chose water tower as well it just it seemed right it just felt yeah. good to have throw a water tower at something just felt like a good choice like everyone can get behind yeah anyway this giant oil fire consumed multiple towns and <laughs> it just burned everything to the ground and yeah whoops. Uh, she felt bad about it yeah i i can get that yeah so then you open the door in in uh the fooped up franz frogert facility i'm crushing it and you go into the back room (laughs) and there's a spider ant that you're milking for all the milk it's gross right ew 
Uh, I, you know what? I laughed just seeing it. I laughed again seeing the spider <laughs> milk creature. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, that that's that's what I'm saying. I can't say there weren't surprises. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just mean like in terms of the grand overall story, just no no real surprises to be had, but little things like that. So you can finally make some yogurt, and Fran tries it, and she's like, it's delicious. <laughs> the forbidden fruit <laughs> is spider ant milk. <laughs> uh, but but then, so for me, she freezes Rita and just leaves. Like, yeah, she, she did for me, too. She understands the trick was uh, to, like, mentally pummel her. Yeah. But that's... That's not what the other two did. Yeah, it seems it's it's very weird. That wasn't the trick for Anu and Octavio. It was to give them everything they wanted so they let their guard down and entered a cage on their own volition. They weren't trying to yeah. do that with Fran. They yeah, were just trying to like fuck around with her and just make her feel weird. <laughs> I, I I guess mission accomplished even though it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. What a strange narrative choice. Yeah, because, like, it, if you guess what's happening, which is that they're just trying to psychologically ambush her, Rita says, oh, you figured it out. Like, well, wait, why are you, why? <laughs> why are you doing this? It, you didn't do it for Anu and Octavio. It doesn't seem like what you wanted to do to begin with. Yeah, it, what else is weird about it is it starts out like it is going to be like Anu and Octavio. Mm-hmm. Like the the fully uh, redone and fixed up Franz Frogert. Like it seems like it's just going to be the same thing and then it just goes off in its own direction. In a way that, I, yeah, I guess I didn't see coming, but also just feels weird narratively. I, 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 I might have to have someone who has a take on it explain why it was beneficial to tdor because spoiler alert tdor set up these these traps and also the angel investor is susan coldwell using a voice changer oh what a twist what a twist why was this beneficial to tdor yeah to upset fran this greatly <laughs> other than yeah, to fuel what, what her hatred of susan coldwell yeah what was the plan what were they thinking of doing yeah, how did, how did they benefit from this? It's so expensive. <laughs> they they just wanted to fuck around, I guess. Yeah, how fast did they get a spider ant after hearing that part of the story and set it up to the milker? They're like, "All right, bring in the spider ant." <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Okay, it's probably a spider ant based story." Just vibes I'm getting. So let's set it up, and if it's something else, we can change it. Oh, and the badass superfan reappears in a lot of these uh, fantasy scenes. Well, I only found him in this one. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right, because you just fight him again afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, so I found him. I don't know how he possibly could have gotten here, but he was in Fran's weird <laughs> back room. Do you think the badass superfan wrote, or, or, or like, not wrote, um, but expressed a deep part of his backstory to Foopy in order to get past the wall like he did that as well 
I'm going to say yes, because I, I really want to see that happen. <laughs> yeah, and it was probably just the time that he lost to Octavio in the sewers. <laughs> like that was his big, his big moment. You know what? I will say for Fran's story, I like that they went with a different uh, visual style for it, at least. That was kind of fun. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like the it's it's a little bit like the intro, but but sort of it's not exactly the it's same. manga e. Yeah, it it is manga e. Uh, it which is weird. I I don't necessarily associate Fran with manga, so it's a weird choice. But uh, I like that it was mixing it up at least. I feel like this might be another slight Kill Bill reference. Oh, okay. Uh, you got to see Kill Bill. We got I really should. Maybe I'd love this game. <laughs> no. No, no, I've seen Kill Bill. <laughs> um but uh yeah, there there's a part of Kill Bill where for a particular character because she has a particularly sad backstory. Um right. They transition to showing it entirely in a uh, anime visuals. Okay. Yeah, knowing that, then, yeah, probably. Given we had the first Kill Bill homage, uh, I could see that. Yeah, it doesn't quite look like this, but um, it, it does it does happen that way. And I, I, I could see that being intentional, or yeah. uh, at least a subconscious homage, potentially. Right. Yeah, so Fran just gets out of it. They, they, didn't, they yeah, didn't get her. Yeah, she just leaves. Yeah, she goes to the main hallway... Gets uh, Louie unplugged from the wall uh, after yet another badass superfan Vaultlander fight. Yeah, it seems weird to do one right after the other, both with Fran. Yeah, and like, I why is he getting in the way of the Louie thing specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it don't make much sense when you think about it. Yeah, he catches a, an STD. Oh, not just an STD. He's like riddled, he says. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Just all of his programming is riddled with uh, software-transmitted diseases. Yeah, he has to run diagnostics, so that's why he he's just down for the count for the rest of the episode. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of times during this game where I I like say to myself, sometimes out loud in my own room playing this game, like, oh, was that the message? And this is one of those times <laughs> because uh, Louis... Gets unplugged from the wall, and he says, why did you unplug me? I was happy. And Fran goes, happy. no, you weren't happy. That's, get getting your fizz whistled, which is an excellent, that's an excellent expression. <laughs> getting your fizz whistled isn't happy. It feels like happy, but it's temporary, and it'll just go away. And Louis goes, oh. And I was wondering, wait, was that the lesson? <laughs> is that, that's the takeaway? Okay yeah i i guess so yeah i i i couldn't have guessed that's where louis and france relationship was gonna culminate but all right <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like they earned that <laughs> but, not really yeah it feels like they don't earn a lot in this game uh so then they, they like go backstage of the house i guess they find the they find fran no, Fran finds Octavio and Anu in their own cages. Uh, right. Anu makes fun of Octavio for not realizing he isn't in the VVVIP club. He's just in a cage. And then Octavio... Uh, classic stupid Octavio. Classic stupid Oct Octavio, but 
Octavio says, okay, you are also in a cage. So. Yeah. You dummy. <laughs> you absolute fool, Anu. Yeah. Not, glass houses, am I right? Ha! So then Susan Coldwell shows up, reveals she was the angel investor, uh, it, and is just mean. And that that's... It's not the rest of the episode, but like I want to say it is because I'm not interested in what comes next. Yeah, it's it's just ugh. We we see Reese again, which would have a lot more weight if uh, Athena too. Reese wasn't fucking ruined. Yeah, Athena was uh, interesting. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure. Okay, so it was like a group of five investors that come in through like Star Wars hologram uh, to watch. Susan Coldwell's presentation. Yeah. And what she has what she's presenting is she she gets the green heel crystal from the gang and combine it with something they apparently already had which is like a red counterpart of the crystal. Um and the red one harms but the green one heals. So she just like has it in a revolving gun where she can just Kill you, bring you back to life. Kill you, bring you back to life. Kill you, bring you back to life over and over again. Uh, and does that, that to Octavia. That that kill crystal seems a lot less useful when the world is full of guns that kill people. Yeah, like a gun with a magic crystal in it that could kill you is also, it's probably not as good as a gun. Yeah, that's just a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, their part was not important. <laughs> yeah, the the only part that mattered was the healing crystal, which I guess is it makes sense. It's why they had to track him down, um, right? And and you know what? It seemed like it takes a while for it to kill people. Octavio didn't die right away, so it's probably worse than a real gun. Yeah, maybe it uh maybe it hurts more than normal. That's true. I could see the torture. He looked like he was not having a good time. Yeah, I, I think what they alluded to was like you could maybe fuel a Death Star esque big big gun with this yeah. one crystal if you like demagnify the ray and hit a lot of people at once with this and just kill an entire planet at once if you wanted to do that. Right. Susan was saying like you you can use these to bend people to your will. Yeah, yeah, would and that. For that example, the uh, the gun, the hit, the hurt part probably wasn't necessary. You could just use a regular gun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she kills and revives and kills and revives Octavia over and over again. And eventually, Octavia, while at first steadfast in his convictions, does eventually bend and say, yeah, you win. I, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, the, I don't want to do it no more. It hurts. <laughs> uh, i have in my notes i just wrote down this is going so slow <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's going quite slow um so at the very end octavio's left dead and fran is also killed yeah uh, and then anu's in full like demon mode the the demon's coming out. The demon is the green crystal, by the way, and it really wants to be reunited with the red crystal. It it they go together in in some right. important way. I was gonna say, I guess 
that's a good enough cliffhanger that I am looking forward to seeing how it goes from there. But we all know Octavio and Fran are going to be brought back to life with the green crystal. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's it. And Anu's going to be stopped. Anu, Anu's going to be stopped? Well, because she had the, the demon inside. Um... No, I, I bet the green crystal will become one with the red crystal. Yeah. Is that being stopped? I don't know what will happen. Maybe it just forms another vault monster and they fight it. Uh, Susan yeah. Coldwell will be killed if she hasn't been killed already. I don't really remember. <laughs> I don't think she was okay, killed. No, but she yeah. wasn't. That that makes and sense. And there'll be no weight to her death because she's not an interesting character and villain at all. Yeah, Athena and Reese might show up along with the other three investors. Maybe. I was a little happy to see Athena, but then I thought like, oh, is she going to be ruined like Reese? Oh, she didn't have a single line. Yeah, but like if she shows up in episode five and talks, is she going to be the same way? I I guess maybe it's different because she was a Borderlands character to begin with. Yeah, yeah. And, well, with Reese, I think part of it is like, I, I wonder if when they had to change the voice actor, they were like, okay, well, if we're changing the voice actor, maybe let's make them feel different with this new voice as well. Right. Um, which is, I don't think Shitty. was a successful choice, narratively. I agree. It sucks. I really like Reese. Uh, Reese looks like different, Ed. too, just in this style. And Athena doesn't look different. Yeah, Athena looks like how Athena looks Athena exactly the same, with, even with the same clothing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if we're gonna see any other characters from the original Tales from the Borderlands, or if that's it. Um. Yeah, I bet Reese is showing up again. I would. I would love to see Fiona, but I don't expect to. Yeah, I. I don't want them to ruin Fiona too. Well, I The thing is, it feels like there's so much that needs to pay off in this last episode that cramming more in is probably not in their best interest. Yeah, I wouldn't want them to start being a sequel to Tales from the Borderlands now. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, it hasn't been that, except for that first scene where the monkeys go missing. <laughs> Oh, you good? That, you good, buddy? <laughs> that, oh, I'm good. I just remembered those monkeys. Yeah, it's, I love thinking about those monkeys. Simpler <laughs> times. Good times. Back back when we were so full of hope and wonder. Should we talk about anything else? <laughs> what else? There's not really much to talk about. <sighs> yeah, there's there's not. I wish I had a takeaway. I think I had something of a takeaway near the end. I liked the uh the psychological torment that the three well i didn't like it you know but i as a, as a narrative device i thought it was sort of interesting to see each of the three main characters get this and to see fran fran was the character i was alluding to earlier that made the the uh mature choice because when they when they were setting it up to be just like hey this is what every character wants the most i was thinking oh fran's going to get like a strip club or something uh it's right. just an orgy it's just a weird hedonistic id you fest know how horny she is um and i was i was i was proud of her for dealing with her thing in a way that was not stupid 
<laughs> There's something more important to her, believe it or not. Yeah, she had business to attend to elsewhere and yeah. did that. So so that was that was nice. Um good for her. Good for her. Yeah, I I can't imagine Well, okay, so I can't imagine all the threads of this game coming together in the 5th episode because every episode has had vastly different threads. Yeah. Uh the TDR Corporation's attack on the city in episode 1 has it was primed to be the thing that mattered and hasn't mattered. It's zero. Like, after that, maybe the second episode, just nothing. Remember that scene where there was the street fight? Um, yeah. That, uh, of the people approaching Octavio and his friends? That felt yeah. like a cool game. That could have been a good game. <laughs> it could have. They didn't make the game about that. They they sure didn't. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it... Tr- we see Octavio's friends just, like, got out and were fine. So that didn't matter either. Yeah, like, Octavio was the freedom fighter. Fran was the person on the ground, uh, like, affected by the war. Anu was the outsider looking in who could have, uh, in, in a different life, maybe been on the other side of this war. Like, that was a right. that was a cool war story, potentially. This is not that. <laughs> this this yeah. game was not interested in being that at all. Um, instead it's about pitching a product fucking around yeah there's they were in a vault for a bit they went on a game show that um, all they do is just fuck around with this shit (laughs) they went to the morgue didn't get anything (laughs) (laughs) uh they they breathed the belcher they're just fucking around (laughs) they're really not doing much and I, I really just don't see it building up to anything substantial. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe episode five will be great. We'll see. Uh, th- maybe that Twitter user didn't finish it. That's true. Maybe he should have said, uh, it was whack. And then in parentheses say, uh, through episode four, which is where I stopped. <laughs> maybe episode five gets better. Uh, we could only hope. We can only hope. Um, let's get into our segments. I would love to get into these segments. Golden moment. Uh, this is hard because I feel like this episode, I was just so bored by this episode that nothing really stood out, but I'm going to say the Jabber P scene just because I like the Jabbers. I like monkeys. Wait, what? When you have to get the P from the Jabber. What are you talking about? Did you not do this? There's there's a scene in Anu's uh Anu's little fantasy room where you need to get a chemical to uh for the concoction on the table and the way to do it is you need like a very basic uh liquid and the most basic liquid there is is uh jabber pee. I didn't do this. <laughs> I, I didn't do that. <laughs> Wow. It's not a it's not a great scene, but I just like jabbers. I like monkeys. Oh, oh, for for balancing the like the chemical, the pH. Yeah. yeah. So, I did almost everything else in that room and I started that, but then I accidentally I was going to finish it, but then I accidentally like did the thing that progressed the story. Right. Uh so yeah, I I didn't collect the jabbers urine. Didn't do that. 
That's okay. <laughs> the The episode's not made better by doing it. No, you threw me for such a... Lo- I thought you were pranking me in the way that the end of episode uh, <laughs> choices pranks you by... What was what was this one's? Um, this one is... Uh, it's under Fran, and it says... For me, it said, You and 2% of players never taught Crabworm the meaning of true love. Perfect. Yeah, so if 98% of players did that, they, they taught the wow. crabworm the meaning of true love. Good game. I must have re- really fucked up. Uh, my golden moment is seeing the spider ant being milked. Just, they, they don't like... That really surprised you. Yeah. <laughs> it was just such a like, okay, we're doing this now <laughs> kind of kind of <laughs> moment. Uh, it... It was one of the the few times that I felt like the game was really going all in on what it was doing. Uh, so on being just fucking weird. Yeah, it was just it was just a weird thing to do. Um, <laughs> That's better than mine. My golden moment choice is just because nothing in this episode really wowed me. I'm I'm wowed whenever a video game lets me collect pee. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. In Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, you can collect Mankey Sweat. Manky sweat. Manky sweat. You could you, you find it on the ground and you pick it up. <laughs> that's weird. That's weird. It's not like fur or something that you can tangibly hold. That's a that's a liquid in your pocket. Yeah, there's there's like a collectible for each family of Pokemon and, and some of them are yeah. fur and things like that, but some of them are sweat. Or <laughs> no, it might not be Manky, it might be Makuhita sweat. Uh oh, okay. Does that make more sense yeah. to you? <laughs> Is that no? It, they yeah. I mean, Makuhita no. You know what? Maybe it makes to collect. Yeah, maybe it makes a little more sense just because Makuhita is a, a skin mm. creature. Yeah, Pils- a Pillsbury Doughboy. Pillsbury Doughboy. Pillsbury Doughboy. Exactly. Doughboy. Yeah, it, it's my name is Pillsbury Doughboy. I'm Pillsbury Dubois. Oh, that's a good character. I see you want to marry my dog. Ooh. And I'm running for the Republican Senate. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like him as much. That's Pillsbury Dubois for you. Throwing in stuff <laughs> at the very end. He lures you in and then, ooh, never mind. Yeah, so that's a, those are our golden moments. Yeah. Uh, weekly Guy. What's your Weekly it's Guy? It's Foopy. You go first this time. I could not uh, put Foopy, but uh, give me your thoughts on Foopy. Foopy says Foop instead of words that are <laughs> the right words. That's true. That is the one thing Foopy does. Yeah, it's a Foop and Miracle. Uh, <laughs> your mileage may vary on whether or not that <laughs> makes a good character. Yep. At that point, that's all I wanted to see. It was very different than anything else in the episode. And uh, yeah, no, I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I I guess I could see that. Just just the fact that it's different and is a memorable mm-hmm. part. Uh, mine was the scientist in Anu's. Uh, oh, that's a good room. one. Just because I thought uh, the way he acted was very funny. Because every time he was like clapping or doing a laugh at one of Anu's terrible jokes, you could see him like really gritting his teeth and being like, like really shoving his anger and hatred deep down. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how TDR did this, but they convinced every actor to be very in the spirit of, like, just completely fucking these people over. Uh, yeah. They, they, it was not a job for them. They volunteered. 
They loved it. And and I just love that this guy, you, you can see the cracks starting to form. He's just like, ah, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good. That's a good one. Yeah, you know what? I I really wish Bivington Bradwick was funnier, but he's just kind of a typical sleazy guy. Like, he doesn't really do anything particularly funny. He just has a good name. Yeah, I didn't like how he was too good for tacos. Yeah, he, 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 he called it a non-VIP plebeian food. Yeah, which is like, okay, what, what weird make-believe foods do you Richies eat? Yeah, you think you're so smart and cool. Yeah, you're like yeah, feasting and then on he, human brains or something. What's what's up with you? Yeah, then he just immediately has a plate of already made tacos. Yeah, these were for decoration, but fine, you can eat them. If, if you want to eat them. <laughs> they are still hot somehow. Uh, okay, choice cut. This one's hard. Uh... This one's very hard. I can't remember. I w- we talked about it before. I feel like having so many choices at the end makes me not remember the big ones as much. Yeah. Because you have you have stuff like uh, Freezing Rita under under Fran, and, and it just seems like there's so many small choices that none of them feel important or worth choosing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, I wrote down clothes. Um, okay. Okay. So I didn't change my clothes, but at, at this point in the game, every episode, every time you encounter a new quick change station, you will have unlocked more clothing options. Right. Um, and they look weirder and weirder every time you unlock yeah. more ones, and which is why I don't change them because I'm trying to like view these you characters the... as somewhat iconic. Yeah. You you want to be able to know the character you don't want them to be like a customizable avatar or something yeah i'm i'm trying to do my part in helping the game sell me these characters to be as iconic as uh fiona and reese felt and you're doing most of the heavy lifting on that by not changing their clothes to be um it's weird because it's not like a bunch of different styles it's like a few different colors of the main thing and then really hot topic and then the next one you unlock is like, oh, this is the back room of Hot Topic. <laughs> and then you just get way more Hot Topic from there for everyone. I will say I didn't even look at the costumes in the last couple episodes, but I did this episode. And I do think it's pretty wild that uh, the hairdos change. I don't remember that in the first episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that that does tie into what we were talking about. Like it makes the character less recognizable. Uh, so I wouldn't want to do it, but I do think it's kind of neat that they do it, I guess. You you can get uh, a Leet-speak-themed costume for Anu. Uh, I made sure not to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we were talking about it earlier, a Leet-speak reference in 2022. Yeah, uh, what we were talking about earlier, if I recall correctly, was like saving our money for stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with all this money, but I have a lot of it. I I have a fuckload of money, yeah. I, I got a ton in this episode. I don't know if it's going to be all building up to something like in the first game. I think, I think it will. Right. I, I, I hope have the something. reason to think it will. 
so uh yeah just just like with how weird they let you get with these clothes is i think my choice cut although none of the uh none of the clothes are differently modeled at all they're they're just like texture work except for the hair the hair can be different model interesting yeah um which was That's not strange the that case they would do that in for the tales. hair yeah in old tales that that's strange that they would do that only for the hair, but not for the clothes. You'd think if you're already going that far for the hair, just go all out. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to see like Fran's uh, sort of 1950s updo turn into a straight hair all the way, just straight down thing yeah. for the Hot Topic thing, which is that was helpful in me to not pick it because I, I wanted their sort of silhouettes to stay the same yeah but it was i feel like anu's it's cool that they did that i feel like anu's costumes are too cool for her they don't seem like something she would wear um well yeah and so like anu's costumes just like make her a maybe this is our lens but i agree with you um like anu just looks cooler and cooler as you go down uh Fran looks less and less cool, <laughs> but kind of in an endearing way. Right. And Octavio looks less and less cool, not in an endearing way. Ooh, yikes. That's that's my opinion. That's just my skewed perspective. Right. And, and normally making Anu look cool would be a good thing, but I feel like it goes against her character to make her cool at all. Yeah, something I've been writing down in the notes for every episode and have yet to say out loud to you is uh-huh. uh, Anu's body language. Yeah, no, I brought that up in the first episode, yeah. Well, I, I didn't notice it as much in the first episode, but now, like... What it always makes me think about is uh, that episode of Community where they chloroform the guard and Donald Glover as Troy is just freaking uh, out. Right. And uh, I, I I can't verbally <laughs> describe what he does, uh, <laughs> but he's just like so nervous and he does a little jump over the guard right. they chloroform. And, and just like that, breaking down while crying, while trying to figure out what to do about the guard, is kind of Anu all the time. Yeah, it's it's like a nervous stiffness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's annoying. You feel it, like it's, it's annoying. I feel like it's a little annoying. Like, it's it's fine. I I kind of like the idea of making the characters have like their own unique way of moving but it just feels so unnatural compared to everyone else and she's always doing it that it uh it, it gets on my nerves i, th- I think the bit. frequency of how often she does yeah. it is what do- does it because like if it was as rare as when troy does it in community that would be that would make sense because it comes out when it's needed and when it makes yeah. sense anu just does it literally all the time uh, yeah, like, it would be one thing if she did it while they were on a sink or swim in front of all these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I could buy, but here she does it all the time, like, in front of these people she knows and she's so used to. Yeah, if she brought it out when, like, on on sink or swim, or when Octavio and Fran were shooting each other, and yeah. maybe maybe just then, uh, then it would be <laughs> it would be memorable and it would work out. Um, but like she does it in the lab when she's happy, 
when when she's uh, yeah. being tricked into being content and calm. Yeah, it's like, oh, look how uh, neurotic and uh, and awkward she is. Yeah, isn't that endearing? Yeah. Do you have a choice cut? I guess the food you can pick in Octavio's. I don't know. Oh, okay. It's so hard. I I pick tacos, but I like that you could just pick whatever. Yeah, there was booze, tacos. Trying to remember the other two options. Uh, I did stop and think about it because at one point I was like, "Ooh, do I really want Octavio to give in to tacos again? It seems like it's his whole thing. Do I want him to be above this or not? And I chose not to. Yeah, no, no, no. Octavio is above nothing. Yeah. Um. So I guess that's the episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like but, we achieved anything here today. N- neither did the episode. Neither did New Tales from the Borderlands episode four. Now we've said multiple times during this episode that we don't think it's worse than episode two, and I hold that. But you do. You do seem to be treating it worse than we treated episode two. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's just because we played episode two early on, and I still had some hope. Mm-hmm. So I was like. Uh, yeah, it sucked, but, you know, maybe it'll get better. But at this point, I'm like, no, this is just what the game is. And I I hate these characters. I'm so sick of Octavio bumbling. I'm sick of the Fran is horny jokes. Uh, it's funny how we started out not liking Anu, uh, like we liked Anu the least. And here I at least feel like she has a little more character. Not much, but it, something, I guess. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting about the Fran is horny jokes is that I think that if Fran was just constantly having sex, <laughs> that'd be better than whatever she's doing now, right. which feels very performative. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, if Anu and Octavio are suddenly alone and they're like, wait, where's Fran? And then Fran comes out of the bathroom and then, like, two other guys just exit after her. And she was like, sorry, I was busy with zach and and brack <laughs> i was busy having sex i was busy exploring the bowels of these gentlemen and yeah and they just like give a thumbs up as they walk out of the frogert shop like e- having her be able to act on it, it, it i think would be more endearing and and fun as a character choice rather than just I like agree. being sort of gross and 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 uh like cat calling people all the time which is suddenly okay for her because she's a woman in a wheelchair we we let her cat call i don't know it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel good yeah it 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 would because if she just went for it like then she would be a character who knows what she wants and goes for it and enjoys having fun that that makes for yeah. a likable character but here it's like uh Hey, Anu, want to make out? Mm-hmm. And then Anu doesn't, and then she's like, ha but I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. She's like, ha-ha, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, moving on. Well, I have good news for you, Dustin. No way. Yeah. Do, do you want? What? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you. Next week... When we record this podcast, whenever we may do that, we will cover the very final episode of New Tales from the Borderlands and the final episode of Borderlands that we'll be covering all together. 
Oh, I'm excited. We've made it. We we looks like we made it. It's been nine episodes of Borderlands content and no other things for the last uh, nine episodes of our podcast. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's a, it's quite a bit. That's nine whole episodes. We've never done that before. How do you feel about Borderlands after being in it for so long? You know, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was thinking about how crazy it was to enjoy the original Tales from the Borderlands so much that I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll actually try the other Borderlands games. Maybe it is a series I could get into. And then this game just immediately sinks that. It's more of a, I will probably never play a Borderlands game again. (laughs) Well, don't say that, because I bet in two and a half years we could be looking down the barrel of covering newer Tales from the Borderlands on this very Uh, podcast. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe. Maybe it'll be different. Maybe it'll be about completely different people. Maybe it'll be just a sequel to this. Ooh, maybe you can play as a raccoon. Maybe you can play as a raccoon. I I mean, that's Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll do that. Oh, that's true. (laughs) We're going to be doing that sooner. Yeah, we will actually (laughs) do that. Basically, exactly (laughs) that. Um, Pretty soon. Cosmically. Maybe it'll be later this year. I don't know. Um, Uh, You know what? I'm a little excited for that. Thinking about like how they'll handle like a big team. Yeah. Like a team a team of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, how will that play out in a Telltale game? Uh, well, I bet probably a lot like Tales from the Borderlands. Old Tales. Probably, yeah. That was kind of a team. Yeah, they had a team going. Yeah, th- there could have been a raccoon in that, and it would have been fine. It would have worked. Yeah, maybe there was, and we didn't notice. Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed. I, know, I, ha- I have my blinders on for raccoons. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we won't be covering that directly after. I believe for you, the listener, to be caught up with what we're doing, uh, right after we finish this series, New Tales from the Borderlands, we're going to be headed back into our numbered episodes, which doesn't mean anything for anyone, I think. That <laughs> No. It's more of a neurotic tick that I have, just making sure that the episode numbering makes sense. It's just for our benefit. It, it's I don't even know if it's a benefit. It's just for your benefit. It's just for me, for <laughs> my stuff. Uh, yeah. We'll be headed back into the numbered episodes because we'll be covering uh, legitimate Telltale developed Telltale games again. Starting with... Oh, shit. What did we say? Was it Michonne? I think it was Michonne. Okay. The Walking Dead Michonne, which is only three episodes. I'm a little excited. I've never played it. Yeah, I haven't either, as as is tradition. And yeah. uh, only three episodes is an exciting concept. I am a little nervous about being thrown into uh, the Walking Dead show continuity. Yeah, I know nothing about the show. I've seen two seasons of the show, and I don't remember this character even being around yet. Michonne. Wow. Um, and I saw the two seasons I saw a very long time ago, so... Great. Yeah. It'll be awesome. It'll be <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Uh but before that, yes, we will do the fifth and final episode of New Tales from the Borderlands next time on Telling the Tale. And until then, be really nice and then die. What a good catchphrase.